0: Hello and welcome to the HP Podcast, your weekly show about video games from the three most handsome boys you know. Sometimes we're men, sometimes we're boys. It just depends on how I'm feeling that day. With me today here is Dave. Hello, Dave. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you guys doing? I'm doing all right. Uh, in a continued tradition of talking about things that the audience can't see, I wanted to mention that your, your bookshelf in your room is now backlit. Yeah,
1: it wasn't even there last week, but not only that, uh, the walls are a different color. Um this room they was are. brown oh, wow! they literally uh, are a couple Holy days shit. ago. Um so this is off white guys. We talked about this last week remember it's not white it's off white. Right right right. Uh it's called Snowbound. But yeah, I've um I wanted to g- game up the place a little bit so I got my gamer lights. Yeah. Um that's and, yeah. what makes it a game
0: room. Like if you you buy those you know $5 strips at Walmart uh, you stick them with really terrible adhesive on the back, and they're sure. in the gaming section. Yeah, sure. So, like, it makes you a gamer. But I don't <laughs> think that's what those are, necessarily. I'm just saying, like, it's so funny when you see those things. They're always, like, the worst quality, and they're barely... They're, like, really dim, and they market them as gamer lights, but um, they yeah, do the I, trick. I, 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 the
1: $20 Gov-y, Govy, whatever they're called Gov-y. on Amazon, yeah. Um, yeah. I've had good experiences. with experiences with them so highly recommended but yeah i uh, i was on a work call today and i had my my camera on just like this and and uh-huh. my uh somebody was like are, are you using a virtual background because everything looks different and i'm like <laughs> no this is this is just a freshly painted room and, and it you're like to i have... just i
0: moved and painted the room
1: exactly <laughs> <laughs> yeah and i told them i was going to change something every week and it was going to get more and more minute so it was going to be yep. like an i spy kind of thing and they'd have to figure it out but uh yeah it's coming together fellas i got a bigger desk i've been doing some gaming here this week which i'm excited oh. to talk about nice. um, but i am moving on up in the world um just in time for my baby to come when i will never be able to game <laughs> um so yeah
0: brandon uh is here as well hello yes. brandon hello uh i wanted to get back to something dave just said sorry sure. to, to steal your no, thunder no, 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 but no. i didn't want to wait any longer to introduce steal you steal away I remember thinking and people telling me like oh you'll have no time to game when you're when your baby's born. And um, well first of all I'm a night owl so like it didn't bother me being up um, if I needed to be if the baby was awake, but I played more games on my paternity break than I probably have since then because literally I would just and my my first baby was like awesome. So I would just sit there on the on the chair and the baby would sleep on me and I would play on my laptop. I played for like i don't know i probably played for like 90 hours in the first three weeks he was alive <laughs> now after that of course you know it changes as they get older you want to spend more time with them, whatever but like i was j- i would literally just sit there and he would lay on my chest and just fall asleep and of course he'd wake up and be you know need change or or you know need to eat or whatever and i didn't have to take care of the eating part his mom handled that one all sure. natural you know sure. whatever but um yeah i i personally did not have that experience but i know it all depends on the baby and how much they uh, they like to sleep.
1: Well, yeah. I was thinking about that, and I, I'm considering buying a second bassinet, like a gaming bassinet, so I can have yeah. one here and just kind of like, you know, do both. Yeah. So I, I am hoping that that's how it, it works out because I think uh, Starfield is coming up. Yeah, And, yeah. Uh, you know, we really should have planned this pregnancy around Microsoft's release calendar a little bit more. Yeah.
0: Well, in fairness, they didn't have a release date probably whenever the pregnancy, you know. Was uh, yeah, consummated, yeah. Or whatever uh, you want to call it. You got to get the Alienware bassinet. It's really cool. It's the <laughs> RGB, uh, <laughs> noise canceling. Uh, Comes with can a, a
1: year supply of monster, which is great <laughs> for babies. Yeah.
0: <laughs> The other thing I didn't do when my kids were little... Like, uh, I know, again, this all just depends on the kids. It all depends on the parents. But but I'm a pretty heavy sleeper myself. And my parents always told me, like, oh, you're a heavy sleeper because we didn't tiptoe around when you were a baby. And I don't know if that's true or not. But we, with both of our kids, we, like... We we just lived our lives while they were sleeping. And they sleep fine now. So I don't know if that was actually part of it or not. But I just know that my... uh, I have relatives who have like um sleep machines and stuff like that and they're like oh, i don't know why our kids such a light sleeper when we're away from home and i'm like well i don't because because you let them be i don't, yeah, I don't know right Maybe it, but again every kid's different every parent's different whatever sure. i'm certainly not someone to give parenting advice but uh i know that the no sleep machine no no sound machine thing worked for us but what got me thinking about that was an rgb crib with su- noise canceling that would be lit <laughs> dude that would be amazing it's got like it's it's got like baby's first mic stand in it, dude. Baby's first headset <laughs> with, with the cat ears, sure. Jeez. Brandon, it, uh, this is a show now all about uh, babies and gaming. Oh wow! So welcome. Count me out. Are you gonna get your own baby soon? I'm <laughs> just down. gonna borrow one so you can see not, how it is to game with one. Maybe one day. Definitely not. I wouldn't describe it as. Oh, soon. I didn't mean your own kid necessarily. Uh if it's not my own kid, I probably want little to do with it. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Um. In general. Yeah. Uh, with some exceptions. Yeah. You have lovely children, man. Well, my kids are a little older. I mean, you've known them since they were really sure, little. But, sure, sure. Uh, you play games with my kids yeah, now, though. Yeah, so. dude, I fucking... No mercy. <laughs> no mercy. Always want to play Smash, and uh, I can't I can't let up. I can't let up. I just... Gotta, they got to build character. With, that's what I'm with saying. Uncle Brando. I keep telling him, I said, one day you will beat me. No, no, no. I've witnessed my oldest beating you before. He, what, I, think, can, I think once, he, but... <laughs> he's beat me, like, maybe once or twice, and it's only when I switch off of, like, someone I haven't played in a long time. Yeah. And, and I don't play Smash consistently anymore. Right. I probably played for, like, 30 or 40 hours, but that's, like, one of his main games. No, it's not. It's not? No. Dude, he'd like, it's, he, he... It seems like he loves it. It used to be. And he very much, like, the, the 64 version oh, he I played gotcha. like a ton i got gotcha. but no he he plays it he basically wants to play it like against me every now and then maybe sure. like once a month and then anytime he knows either we're going somewhere where brandon is or brandon's yes. coming to our house yeah he like gets smash ready dude he and i love it i love it i love um just pumbling him into the oh, ground and he loves it, it too builds character yeah. and he's gonna be my ass um one day more than once in a row yeah um but uh yeah good fun don't play him in splatoon he'll murder you i would imagine yeah. i i hate he that. he does main splatoon i don't know what character or what weapon but dude he's a is he a paint roller main i don't even know <laughs> i don't think he's a sniper <laughs> but i don't know what he is octopus gotcha.
1: jizz main.
0: <laughs> yeah well i think everybody in splatoon sure is there. Yeah. sure other than that brandon how's how's it going oh uh, it's going bud yeah, uh, it's been one of those weeks uh, where it feels like it should be the end by now, but it's only just begun hmm mm-hmm. Um, so we're here Um, uh, yeah, yeah, I, I, I got a DC in hand and I'm feeling it real right Feeling a little frisky Yeah, feeling real real right real right. Well, this is the HP podcast the show about gaming with children Actually, that's not at all true oh I think that's well maybe the first time we've ever talked about gaming with children on the show in like 240 episodes or something <laughs> We talk about video games, and if you want to help support the show, you can head over to patreon.com slash handsome You can support us for as little as a dollar a month. And when I say as little as a dollar a month, I just want to emphasize to you, you pretty much get all the benefits at the dollar level. Like that, it's ad free early access, like that's it. So... Head on over, uh, support us if you want to. We appreciate that. Helps us pay the hosting bills and whatnot. And if you just want to hang, or if you're a patron and you also want to participate with us and hang out, uh, you can head over to our Discord, which is at handsomefandom.com Discord. We would love to have you there and chat with you a little bit. Boys, let's talk about some video games without babies involved. Sure. Okay. All right. Number one. NetEase Games has established a new game development studio called T-Minus Zero Entertainment in Austin, Texas. The studio will be led by industry veteran Rich Vogel, known for his work on Ultima Online and Star Wars The Old Republic. The team will also include Mark Tucker as Game Director, Jeff Dobson as Art Director, and Scott Malone as VP of Operations and Production. T-Minus Zero Entertainment's first project is set to be a third-person online multiplayer action game based on a new sci-fi intellectual property. Sounds like maybe 40 games we've gotten in the last two years. (laughs) Yeah. Um, just buzzword, a thought buzzword buzzword, buzzword, buzzword. buzzword. <laughs> the studio aims to create immersive worlds that foster vibrant and passionate player communities of course they do NetEase Games is fully supporting the studio's vision and providing creative freedom to realize their goals NetEase already has a studio in Austin called Jackaliptic Games which was established in May of 2022 and is currently working on a game related to the Warhammer IP Dave I want to ask you first what do you think NetEase Chinese company makers of such games as um generic game one and generic game two uh what do you think about uh, a new studio
1: um i'm more interested in the um in the collaboration with um rich vogel just because i i i think the old republic is my most Played game ever, so anything wow. that he sort of deals with is is something I'm interested in. I like third person action games and and an MMO uh, or in sort of the MMO space is something I'd be interested in. Um, NetEase is is weird. Uh, I, I looked them up, and it it they they have a lot of games that they've published and or developed, and uh, surprisingly, a lot of them are licensed games. Mm-hmm. Um, like there's some Lord of the Rings stuff. There's some Marvel stuff. I haven't heard of any of them. So yeah. I don't know if it's, it's again mobile heavy stuff, but in any case, um, they seem to have a, a lot of kind of financial resources to back something substantial. Um, I generally find that in these sort of games, uh, you know, these larger MMOs, that the Western style is is something I gravitate towards a little bit more. So it looks like they can put a lot of power behind, um, you know, the creation, the development. So, I mean, they have a genre I'm interested in. They have uh, some some pedigree that, that, you know, I really go after with, you know, the creators of The Old Republic. Um, and hopefully, you know, a lot of resources to make something pretty cool. So I'll be keeping an eye on this. Um, It's nice to see that, you know, a large company like Netties is trying to kind of break into the Western market a little bit more. So um, it'll be interesting to see what this studio um, comes up with. Uh, Hopefully they market it because, again, I haven't heard of any of these other games that Netties has come up with. But if you have a chance to kind of Google Netties and just kind of look at, you know, their game portfolio and let us know if you've, heard of any or played any uh because i i certainly haven't and and again a lot of a lot of big properties there but uh nothing
0: well we, we have talked about netties on this show in the past and i yeah. remember one discussion specifically where we found out that they also owned not only like all sorts of entertainment stuff but they owned pig farms do you remember that brandon <laughs> oh yeah because we named the yeah, we named the episode something about the picture. But I but I don't, to Dave's point, yeah. I don't remember what we were talking about. Yeah. It, well, it didn't make any kind of impact at all. So, yeah. Brandon, this is, um, I think it, it's interesting because, like, they're a Chinese company, but I don't think they're quite as, like, menacing or evil as, like, Tencent or something sure. like that. But there's, you know, it's still outside influence, and I'm obviously not opposed to Chinese games, but... Um, what do you think about them create? I like the fact that they're creating new studios instead of just purchasing the developers or publishers that already exist. Yeah, no, I think that's, of the two options, is the more favorable option. Um, as you said with Tencent, I mean, it's not... It, it's nothing new to have the East try and push into the West as far as the video game sphere in the recent years. Um, I also don't know anything else about this... What is this, Jacksepticeye? What the fuck, studios? <laughs> <laughs> Jackalyptic. Is this? Jackalyptic. I don't know anything about this either, and I I'm not familiar with the IP. So, the entirety of this NetEase uh, scenario here is very foreign to me in many ways, uh, of in many senses of the word, I suppose. So, you 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 do bring up a good point, though, Ben. It is good to see that. Um, A company is willing to instead of outsourcing their talent and just gobbling them up they are willing to start something new and I guess this is good news in general kind of strange um, their history to me as Dave mentioned but yeah um, yeah, could be interesting I mean I don't get a lot when whenever you are reading the description of the game it doesn't really sure you know it's how many games could be described as that so yeah it's not a good picture, but I guess is, you know, wait to see more type of thing. I remember now what it was we were talking about. We talked about Netties last year. They, acqu- they acquired Quantic Dream. Oh, is that what it was? Yeah. So that was kind of a big deal at the time. But we haven't okay. seen anything come from that relationship yet. Yeah, they're still working right. on whatever they were working on, so... So yeah, they are the
1: narrative-driven to... pig farming game. I think is yeah. what we
0: were pushing. <laughs> yeah. So NetEase is willing to both gobble up and create new studios. So. Oh yeah, and, and uh, maybe uh, maybe it wasn't that. So there was another thing with NetEase recently where like, I don't know exactly how it worked because I never it never affected me, so I never really looked into it that much. But I think they were distributing or somehow managing publishing in the East for. Blizzard games so like Overwatch obviously in China in and, uh, and China yeah and then that relationship got severed and that's one of the reasons why, why Steam had such Dude, terrible reviews we literally re- talked about that last yeah, week yeah but I yeah. don't think we talked about NetEase necessarily no. I don't remember Maybe no 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 I, I think you you mentioned the name mm-hmm. I yeah. think okay so yeah that so definitely strange extra strange yeah um but that that's not that kind of relationship that, that's um, tough p- publisher developer <laughs> publisher publisher relationship is not uncommon like you know it's it's hard to publish games in a totally different country let alone continent than yourself so you know a lot of times people partner like that to do that but that, that relationship ended last year well yeah all right well i guess that's all about that interesting that's- All right, and segue here. Number two, (laughs) in Microsoft's ongoing efforts to gain approval for its merger with Activision Blizzard, an unexpected twist has occurred. To address concerns raised by the UK's Competition and Markets Authority about the impact on the cloud gaming market, Microsoft has restructured the agreement. As part of the new agreement, Microsoft will sell the rights... Okay, um, let's, let's follow along here. Microsoft will sell the rights for cloud streaming of all current and new Activision Blizzard PC and console games released over the next 15 years to Ubisoft Entertainment. And of course, we'll go over that again. The change means that Microsoft will no longer have exclusive rights to release Activision Blizzard games on Xbox Cloud Gaming, and it won't have exclusive control over licensing terms for rival cloud streaming services. Previously, Microsoft had agreements with various cloud streaming providers to offer Activision Blizzard titles on their platforms until the merger's completion. This move aims to address concerns that Microsoft could use its control over the Activision Blizzard library to hinder competition in the cloud gaming space. The CMA expressed apprehension about the acquisition agreement and its potential impact on cloud streaming. The CMA's approval is crucial for the merger to proceed, and Microsoft and Activision Blizzard have extended the deadline for closing the deal to October 18th. Um, guys, I wanted to talk about this because I think every week for several months, it felt like this week we're talking about how Microsoft has signed a 10-year deal to let these people stream their games. And GeForce Now is going to sign a deal to let them stream their games. And, like, every week we were talking about that. And guess what? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. I mean, it kind of matters because, like, all of Microsoft's other games are going to be there. But specifically with this Activision deal... Um, they're going to have to talk to Ubisoft now, unless those deals like transfer. And they probably do knowing the way that, that lawyers work and everything. Um, Brandon, talk to me about this and tell me what you think. Real quick. I, I think this might be a part of it. Did you see today something about, um, them bluffing to the FDA that they may pull out of the... That's what it is yeah that they may pull out of the UK. They had never intended on pulling out of the UK But it made that committee that I believe it's the CMA reevaluate because Did you see that today? I I did not see that today I know there was a lot of speculation about that and people thought I don't know that and I could be just ignorant on this but uh, I don't know that they ever bluffed that but I think that was the speculation was a lot of people were like well if if they can't get approval They're just not gonna do their games in the UK but they would never do that. I mean, but if it got them to if it re- made them more money overall, then they would do it. But that's their second highest market. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So, yeah. very interesting stuff um just in- absolutely mind-boggling that we're still talking about this. Um but yeah, new stuff keeps coming out all the time. Um I guess this is interesting. I mean, it's very strange that they went through all the hubbub um prior like you were saying to get all these these deals with all these other streaming services um some which i had hardly even heard of right um and yeah and now we're kind of just seeing here that they potentially have to be in bed with ubisoft anyway i don't know this is very weird i I just want whatever it takes for this deal to go through to just go the fuck through (laughs) Um, sign with ubisoft sign with jesus christ himself I don't care make it make it happen <laughs> Phil um, so yeah very very weird I, I don't know that I have any good insight but yeah I think I've said all that my brain can muster about this entire situation yeah that's fine that's fine Dave um, what, do, what do you think the timeline is for uh, for, for Microsoft to now buy Ubisoft
1: <laughs> I was gonna say what if Sony swooped in and bought Ubisoft that would be crazy yeah. that, be nuts? <laughs> that would be funny um, yeah, I, I got to think that I, I know that this uh, deal's deadline was extended from July to October, but I think this was the last big hurdle that was mm-hmm. kind of standing in the way of this officially going through. So I got to think that this is going to finally be behind us uh, in a matter of weeks. Um, it is an interesting sort of like appeasement move that was made because given that it was it's 15 years, it kind of feels like more of a lease than an actual, um, yeah. you know, sort of perpetual deal. Um, and given Microsoft and Activision's power in the industry now, I wonder if they can kind of use their will and their influence to almost delay um, sort of the, the emergence of cloud gaming um, until this deal has sort of uh, moved off the books or, you know, gotten a little bit more mature. Um, in any case, it, it kind of seems like, I, again, Call of Duty seems to be at the middle of this negotiation, at least it was for Sony for a long time, and nobody is playing uh, Call of Duty, especially Warzone and a streaming service, because
0: it's oh, just. Nobody any good.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know. The, the whole cloud thing is. I understand the monopolistic concerns that came with it. Um, but I still feel like it's it's quite a few years down the road. Um, and again, the term is interesting of 15 years. But at the end of the day, I think this is kind of the last piece to fall into place for Microsoft and Activision. Um, Sony seems to be satisfied at this point. So I think we're, you know, probably a, a matter of weeks away from this finally being official. And like you, Brandon, I am going to be quite happy when that happens because I am sick of talking about this. I, I'm really sick of it.
0: All right, guys, hear me out. Conspiracy brain time. Sure, big brain. Remember months ago, we were hearing a lot of rumors that the Ubisoft Plus service was going to be coming to Game Pass, much like EA Play. And, you know, over time, those rumors went away a little bit. And you can now use Ubisoft Plus on your Xbox. Uh, You have to pay for it separately, but you can do it. Big brain conspiracy time microsoft licenses their ability to do cloud streaming to ubisoft i don't know what the dollar amount is then they pay ubisoft a dollar for a 15-year term to add cloud streaming from the ubisoft service to game pass get juked cma true I don't know. No, True. I, I'm mostly saying that jokingly, but I I have to think that there was something there at some point that Ubisoft Plus might be coming to Game Pass. Like there were too many rumors about that to have never had any discussions about it, dude. And I feel like it benefits Ubisoft way more than it benefits Xbox. Yeah, absolutely. To be honest with you, yeah. and in this case, so Ben, there might be something to what you're saying though, is because prior. It benefits Ubisoft way more than it benefits Xbox, but now it could be mutually beneficial. Right. If by signing on with Ubisoft, it not only scratches Ubi's back, but it scratches Phil's back as well. Yeah. Um, all the backs are being scratched. I bet his back is kind of hairy. Dude, I bet it's fucking... He's a manly. filled yeah. it's, it's it's like a thatch back there, I think. <laughs> um, I, don't, I don't know how it's not popping out of the dress shirt. Um, the the sport polo. Oh, yeah. excuse me. Mm-hmm. Um. But no, Ben, I think he might be onto something. Because I'm just saying, it, like, it, you know, it, I'm not saying there's some sort of deep state fucking tech going on right now or something. Blackstone or some shit. That's not <laughs> what I'm trying to say. Vanguard or anything like that. Um, but no, that is a good point. Because prior to this being beneficial for Microsoft, it was mostly just beneficial for Ubisoft. Dave, we know that, you know, th- Activision has a lot of properties that make a lot of money. That's why they paid $69 billion for them. Or $68 billion, whatever. But um, I think the thing that a lot of analysts were saying was the real prize here is the mobile. And I have to think that's probably true to some extent, but they don't want any part of their purchase to not be beneficial to them. So do you think there's any kind of likelihood that even though... Ubisoft is going to have the rights for cloud streaming for these things that with Microsoft having such a big cloud streaming program with uh, Game Pass Ultimate, th- do you think there's some chance they work out a, a deal that still benefits them both here?
1: Um, I think, I, I, I don't know. That seems kind of like the tinfoil. I understand the parallels that you're drawing, but it, it just it seems like such low-hanging fruit. And considering how aggressive the CMA was with trying to shoot this thing out of the sky. I feel like if if it ever came out that there was some kind of backdoor deal that was going on that, you know, the CMA could come back and say that you negotiated in bad faith or something like that. Sure. So, I don't know. I, I still think that cloud gaming is far and off uh, a, a way off. And, and you're right. I, the, the mobile really is the big thing. I, th- I think, you know, you've got Activision's sort of console properties. You've got mobile. And then third on the totem pole is, is definitely um, cloud gaming. So I'm going to have to go on the probably not side of that argument, but it would be really interesting. Like I want to see that Netflix series in, right. in six yeah. years about, you know, this conspiracy because
0: uh, I don't I know. Want I Phil Spencer to star as himself.
1: Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So I guess time will tell, but in any case, um, yeah, Microsoft and Activision, um, they're, they're the new power. cut. Co- they're the new Brangelina on the block. Wow,
0: they are. It's insane. Number three. As of July 29th... This one's kind of a long one, guys, but there's a lot of stuff to spell out here. As of July 29th, 2024, Xbox will no longer support the ability to purchase new games, DLC, and other entertainment content from the Xbox 360 store on the console and on the Xbox 360 marketplace. The Microsoft Movies and TV app will also cease to function on Xbox 360 after this date, which means that TV and movie content won't be viewable on the console anymore. However, this change will not impact your ability to play 360 games or DLC that you've already purchased. Any content you've purchased prior to this change will still be accessible and playable on the 360 console. Moreover, and this is really the more In my opinion, um, relevant thing. Backward compatibility means that your Xbox 360 game content will also remain available on Xbox One and Xbox Series devices. You can still enjoy multiplayer games via the Xbox network after July 2024, provided that the publisher continues to support the online servers, which most of them don't anymore by the way. Your save games and progress can still be stored in the cloud, and if you decide to continue playing available games on Xbox One or Series X and S, your cloud saves will transfer over. As far as 360 backward compatibility titles, there will be no impact on purchasing or playing these games. You can still purchase and play lots of them uh, on the Xbox One, the series consoles, and Xbox.com. Microsoft's backward compatibility program ensures that these games are preserved and enhanced for newer consoles. Why did I write so much? My God. (laughs) Uh, Featuring improvements like FPS boots, auto, HDR, and faster load times. Um, There is a way to still get the uh, the content that you purchased in the movies and TV app, but you cannot do it on the 360 any longer guys uh, We talk a lot about game preservation. We talk a lot about like stuff no longer go no longer being around, but I feel like Even though this sounds like it's gonna suck initially like oh they're shutting down a store It's from two console generations ago, and this is the best way you can do it because many of these games will still be available um, They'll all still be available to play Just not to buy on that console, and if you want to buy them on the newer console and their backwards compatibility, you can. I don't know. Maybe, uh, maybe I'm wrong here, Dave. Tell me, tell me what you think.
1: I agree with you. This is a good way to do it. Um, I feel like there's been enough lead time um, between you know, sort of there being a lot of activity on the Xbox 360 storefront to now, where um, I don't think this will impact people too much um and as you said like it's it's just a matter of you know if you own the game physically or digitally you can still play it it's just like you know people who want to buy it digitally it's the the end is near the end is nigh um so yeah i think this is i I don't think there's a perfect way to do this and we're gonna see more of this um as we kind of move forward in this industry but you're right this is this is one of the best approaches i think to take and uh you know i guess you, it's xbox 360 the majority of people who own them or you know if i was going to go out and buy one it's they're, they're still physical and there's still lots of 360 physical games kicking around so it's i think it's a less of an issue for this generation uh the 360 ps3 generation it will be interesting to see how this is handled going forward um for idiots like me who who have all digital right now because i'm kind of thinking about it because i like i i have a digital PlayStation and I bought pod. I had a Hogwarts legacy gifted to me. Um, so when I turn on my PlayStation five and I, I log into my account um, that tells the internet that I I have the rights to play Hogwarts legacy, but at some point in time in, 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 in the future, um, I, it, like that's hosted somewhere, is it not? Or, or there's something yeah. that, that is I mean- going to need to be, is going to cease to exist at some point and I'm no longer going to be able to play Hogwarts Legacy. Well, so right? two
0: things is that... Correct. I mean, it, well, yeah. I it think depends so. on whether or not the game itself requires internet. But something like Hogwarts Legacy, yes, is it verifying that you have the game, but your verification is that you have it downloaded.
1: Gran Turismo 7, let's use that as a... Because I think that, it's a better example.
0: Just real quick though, Brandon, it does do checks to make sure you have the licensing. That's why that restore licenses button is there. Because mm. sometimes digital games don't let you... Um, Play them even if it's downloaded it won't let you play it if it doesn't check the license Hmm. Which can be an issue if your internet's out or something true Yeah, that's kind of fucked now the one solution to that is that when if if and I have a hard time thinking that they'll ever take down the PS5 servers or Not come up with another way as long as Sony exists, but if that were ever going to be the case They could easily deploy a patch that no longer required that right like for the system in general, right? Um, Which then it becomes a a pirate dream, you know, 25 (laughs) years from now or whatever, uh, when people want to go back and play old PS5 and PS4 games. But Dave, you're right. uh, Those files do have to be hosted somewhere. Like there are, you know, servers out there somewhere that just hold the install files for Hogwarts Legacy. And when you access them with whatever appropriate authentication, uh, it sends it to your console. So there is, you know, potential that those are lost or shut down or um, whatever in the future, I guess. Yeah.
1: It's going to be interesting because again, yeah. it's, it's, it's relatively simple at this point with those generations, but going forward, what's going to happen? What's going to be the, the method? How are we going to keep everybody happy? Um, I could care less. Cause I'm, 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 I'm the kind of person who plays a game, finishes it and then forgets about it. Right. Um, but I, I am, there are people who are not like me. So um, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It, 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 reading this article though, just kind of going back to the 360 thing, it did kind of take me back a little to the uh, the Xbox Live Arcade. Remember that was sort of like the the beginning of the boon of indie games. Um, and I, I remember Geometry Wars. Uh, oh yeah, I love that game. And that was good my shit. that was like it was I guess an indie game, but it also kind of looked really really good and it felt like a next gen game at the time um just because of the particle effects and the lighting and all that stuff but yeah i really like the xbox live arcade and i know this is kind of separate from that but um no it's fine. yeah some 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 solid gaming memories from uh the xbox 360. so
0: oh rip. yeah i mean that's when the kind of the rise of downloadable games and then you know specifically downloadable indie games came about i remember that was you know during the time of like explosion man and super meat boy and i think inside came out that generation and uh there was comic book jump there were a lot of things is what i'm getting dude, at dude the indie game uno came pre-installed it did on is yeah i don't remember i mean i believe you i just don't remember that dude the indie game uno the indie game i mean indie, it indie definitely indie was <laughs> brandon uh yeah what do, you, what do you think and also um I don't remember what I was going to ask, but That's okay. what do you think? Dude, I think this means this exact news means that now is the time to start your 360 physical collection. Yeah. Because from this point forward, not most games will not be hard to find. Yeah. But some games, especially after this news, they're not going to get any easier. So from this point forward, this marks, I, I feel like, a really important. Pass impasse for three sixty games, and now if you're trying to collect, I feel like there is no better time than to start now because from this point forward, I don't think it's going to be any easier. And obviously, it's not going to be any easier, but at least prior to this, you were potentially able to digitally download some of the things that may be harder to find. But after this, it's like if you don't have it, you don't have it. You got to find it. Well, it's it's really interesting because I saw an article. Um, whenever I saw this news, that I think it was like I could be totally getting this number wrong, but it w- but it was low. it was like two hundred and forty games will no longer be available once the store shuts down, and that includes games that never got a physical release, right so okay, so fine, I can go back and get them on the backwards compatibility program on the store, or you know so in the in that case they're not available in backwards compatibility right, and so there is. A list of about 200 250 games that if you don't already own it and you don't buy it before the store shuts down you'll you won't be able to play it but i went through that that list and i have a pretty wide gaming taste and of those 200 ish games there were maybe five on there that i was like oh that one kind of sucks but really? the rest of them was pretty good but even still 200 some games out of all of the all of the digital releases uh, that came out on the 360, not bad, not too bad. Could be worse. Could be worse. I'm not saying it's the end of the world, and and, I, and some of those people may make their games, you know, available, available later. in yeah. the future. Yeah, because that's also possible. Yeah. Um, but now I guess this is the best way they could have possibly done this, as you guys said. But um, always makes me wonder. Every single week we talk more about physical games um, versus digital, and Just another another stone in that puzzle. So any any, any guesses
1: what the uh, top five best selling Xbox Live arcade games are of all time?
0: Um, probably Connect Sports. Uno.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So Uh, at number five is Battlefield nineteen forty three. Dude, that game
0: is so fucking lit.
1: Number four is Pinball FX two. Never heard of it. What are you never heard of Pinball FX? (laughs) No, I haven't. What the fuck? It's still around.
0: It's just that particular uh, version of it won't be available. Dude, that shit's awesome. Yeah.
1: Um I'm gonna go backwards a bit because I'm surprised this one isn't in the top five. But Trials HD is number six. Okay. Um, number three is Uno, Brandon. Let's go. Number two is something called Family Game Night.
0: I remember that. Dude, I never played I it, do but... remember yeah. that. it was like a, a trivia quiz game. Yeah. yeah.
1: Number one is
0: Castle Crashers.
1: That Dude, one, yeah. OG, yeah. OG, yeah. yeah. yeah.
0: And that one's still available. Yeah. So good shit. Rip wild, up. wild stuff. End of an era. Um, I did about two years ago. I don't know. Whenever the Scott Pilgrim came out about six months before they or about six weeks before they announced that it was coming out. Yeah. Uh, I went back and plugged in my 360, re-downloaded the old, old game and streamed it for a little bit. And then, of course, they announced that they were doing, you know, re-releasing right. it or whatever. But that was one of those games that was stranded on there for a long time. Yeah. Uh, thank you, Ubisoft. Well, but. So, Xbox is unique in the sense that it has the ability for most of its games on 360 to be backwards compatible. Right. Are the PS3 servers still up? Do we know this? Yeah, they're still up. They could never do this. It would be completely different. They were talking about doing it at one point, I think. Well, that's what I'm saying is is like the huge difference, though. Whether or not it should or should not happen, at least you have the ability on Xbox to access most of these things. If the PS3 goes down... Yeah, I agree. Xbox is actually, though, in my opinion, I really like Xbox. But their, their game preservation, I think, needs some work. And especially now that, like, they're pushing Game Pass. And they're as part of that, they're pushing cloud streaming. If you no longer have a subscription, or if those games, uh, or or, you know, if they quit doing cloud streaming or whatever, or if you don't have, like, you can never play those games again. You didn't, you never own them, and you never, like, had them physically, right. or even purchased them digitally. So, like, if you're somebody who, even if you're just a Game Pass user, or if you're a um a cloud gamer, then you're even further away from owning anything. Yeah. But I imagine, right? I imagine that the people who are in that situation don't care about that. So it's right, great for them. Right. But for me, like I have Game Pass and I play a lot of games on Game Pass. But you know, I still like to own my games. So usually if I play a game on like Game Pass and it's awesome. Uh, if I see it on a on a deal on Steam Just pick it up. And I and I think I might want to play it again in the future. I don't do this for multiplayer games really. But for anything single player that I might want to play again in the future, I'll pick it up on Steam. Yeah. And even though Steam is digital and anything could be removed at any point, at least Steam is such a behemoth that I'm, like, probably not going anywhere for my lifetime. Is that stuff not DRM-free? No. Nope. Mo- well, I shouldn't say no. Most things on Steam are not DM- DRM-free. Okay. Um, GOG is. Yeah, that's interesting yeah which is why some people won't release on gog because they don't want their games to be pirated but guess what which is bullshit people are pirating them anyway yeah, yes, <laughs> sorry they, they could do it without that yeah, yeah. yeah it's yeah. stupid dave any final words mr digital
1: no yeah I, I gotta agree with you brandon now's a good time to get in the collecting thing um with, with anything I mean this is this is going to be a trend that's going to keep happening and, and these games are they're already going up in price apparently the game collecting scene is already getting pretty shitty um, so yeah, yeah if you've got if you got a collection then uh, start looking through it maybe doing a, a little bit of inventory or catalog and if if you see a banger bin at a, a local game store then also if, if, you, if you have a mom-and-pop game store in your town support them yeah go and uh, go and help them out because now's a good time
0: You can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. Number four. This is a tweet from Nintendo. It says, Charles Martinet has been the original voice of Mario in Nintendo games for a long time, as far back as Super Mario 64. Charles is now moving into the brand new role of Mario ambassador. With this transition, he will be stepping back from recording character voices for our games, but he'll continue to travel the world, sharing the joy of Mario and interacting with you all. It has been an honor working with Charles to help bring Mario to life for so many years, and we want to thank and celebrate him. Please keep an eye out for a special video message from Miyamoto and Charles himself, which we will post at a future date. It's, also, it's really funny to me that they're like, please be excited for this video we, have, we will release <laughs> later. But I wanted to talk about this just real briefly, um, just because like it's, an, it's the end of an era. Uh, The iconic Mario voice, although, you know, it doesn't say much, but is the iconic Mario voice and uh, get your guys' opinions on what happens next with Mario's voice. Do they get the cast of the uh, of the movies? Chris Pratt. Is Chris Pratt the new (laughs) video game Mario? The permanent. Do they just make it more flexible? Do they turn it into an AI voice? Uh, What do they do? And by the way, I did see um, they confirmed, I think it was confirmed that um Martinette had nothing to do with mario wonders voices either huh. uh so dave Interesting. what are your thoughts uh on on this cute old man who's now almost <laughs> 70 years old uh no longer being our mario
1: yeah a lot of good memories um this guy did a great job he was he was um i don't know there was obviously a long time where mario didn't speak and then when he finally um you know learned his first words it was it sounded right all along um So, yeah, a lot of good memories. Um, I I guess he's just going straight into retirement. But uh, in any case, it's going to be interesting to see what they do. Um, You know, Keith David just replaced Lance Reddick. Rest in peace in destiny maybe keith david can come over and do mario <laughs> Dude, imagine imagine. but imagine. i think what most likely is going to happen is we'll just find so because he's mario's got so few lines that yeah. you can just find someone to imitate the wahoo or even ben you do a you do a pretty good impression that you could do it maybe throw your hat into the ring have um, i ever
0: have i ever said wahoo
1: yeah, you said there's a couple times you you've done it just completely at random, and I was like, wow, that was pretty good. Oh, nice. Yeah. Well, that's <laughs> yeah. just a
0: hidden talent of mine that, that I even didn't know. That's that. right, buddy.
1: So yeah, I I think that's what they'll do is we're just gonna get sort of an imitator. Um, but uh, in any case, it was it was a good run and uh, a really odd choice, but it just it's one of those things that somehow worked. It's like Heath Ledger is the Joker. It just it just right. works. Um, but. But, yeah, it'll be interesting to see. I wonder if I assume there is another mainline kind of Mario game that, that's already in production um, or finished maybe for this next uh, switch that's coming out. Uh, I wonder if he's already done his work for that, or if they're just going to repurpose old audio files for that, because um, uh, yeah, I, I assume we're going to be seeing a new Mario title soon, but well, uh, well, there's
0: a new Mario coming out in October, I think, Mario Wonder. Mario one. Okay,
1: right, right, and, sorry.
0: And they said he was not involved in that one it's already. Not, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I um, think he, I think he's done. Yeah, Brandon. So do you think? Do you think they'll replace him with whether it's a permanent person or right. multiple people? Yeah. Or do you think they're just going to say, you know what? How many different times do we need to pay this guy to say wahoo? We can just pay him x amount for every time we use his voice. Right. Um. Yeah, I feel like either one is pretty likely. Um, I think I saw something that his last uh, role in in voicing in general was when he played the dad in the Mario movie. Oh, okay. He played the voice of that. Yeah. And I and I, I, I think I saw that on Twitter. Yeah. I didn't confirm it, but that's what I saw. Um, and that would be pretty cool, him playing like the Mario father. Mario Senior. Yeah, like playing the father of Mario for like his last voice role. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. He's had a really good run. He seems like a really awesome dude. I've followed him on social media for a long time, and he seems just genuinely happy. Um, and uh, a couple of the interactions I've seen with him online seem seem very pleasant. Um, so I'm happy to see that he finally can rest, um, and now he's an ambassador. Um, so that's that's pretty cool. Um, I'd imagine at some point you do have to move on. Um, I, I could see them maybe just using his voice what they already have recorded um, but I wouldn't be surprised if we get some more in-depth stuff from Mario and like there's a, a, a passing of the torch so to speak right. so right. I don't think it's going to be Chris Pratt no I um, I think that's too expensive really I think that would be hilarious but yes it's probably way too expensive yeah Um. yeah no this is you know what an amazing career what a run Yeah. Um. and I highly 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 doubt he's going away um, I just don't think he's going to be voicing um, the Mario anymore. So. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure he'll still be at, like, you know, dude, it's like Reggie or... It's like Reggie. Yeah. You know, yeah. like, Reggie hasn't gone away. Right. You know? And not that we want Reggie to go away. Right. Of everybody, we don't want Reggie to go away. but No. We um, we want Reggie to, Reggie to be back even <laughs> stronger. Dude, I know. His body will be ready again one day. Sure, sure. And he's going to come back next year, and he's going to kick your ass. Yeah. <laughs> All right, um, we did see opening night live earlier today, and I didn't really see anything in there. That it was mostly just, you know, more info on the games we already knew were coming. Um, I think the only thing that really, like, dropped um, with no release date announced was Age of Empires 4 Anniversary Edition, which... woohoo, Yay! Um, I mean, I like Age of Empires, but yeah. that's not really anything. But I wanted to see, Dave, you mentioned earlier that something caught your eye want to talk about that for a second
1: yeah the mortal Kombat 1 trailer is uh, i will admit the only trailer that i watched Uh, i actually had it on for about 30 minutes but i was working at the same time but uh my god um developers and publishers please take note this is how you make a trailer it was incredible it was i don't know two or three minutes and uh 80 percent gameplay um with some cinematics sprinkled in and, and the way they did it really kind of set up the narrative of, of what the game is going to be like. Um, but yeah, it was, and I'm not a fighting game guy. I, I kind of, I hope Brandon saw this trailer or sees it at some point because I would really like to hear your feedback, but I was yeah. watching this and being like, I think I need to get into fighting games yeah, dude. because this is, uh, this looks great. There, there seems to be, I assume this is a new thing for Mortal Kombat 1, but there is, like, a buddy system where, like, Sindel was fighting and, like, I think it was Goro, um, kept jumping in, like, and kind of did a couple attacks and then jumped off screen. I thought that was really cool. Uh, Raiden had, like, a buddy who kept jumping in when he was fighting as well, um... But, yeah, this game looks incredible. It's uh, it's it's great to see how far this franchise has come and how it continues to evolve for not only its it's kind of loyal fan base but also new gamers. Um, but, uh, yeah, that's the only thing I saw, but I think that was the only thing I needed to see because it, yeah. uh, it was fantastic. I did kind of have my eye on the Alan Wake trailer that they showed. Um, that, that's one game that I, I've really been meaning to play the remaster because I would like to play the second one when it comes out this fall. Um, but yeah, those are the two things that, uh, I kind of looked up at and, and thought were cool.
0: Yeah. No, I haven't seen it yet, Dave, um, the trailer, but, um, after the first trailer I was sold, uh, there was a beta for pre-ordering here this past week mm-hmm. sometime. I didn't even get in. Like I'm, I'm, I'm just ready day one. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I, I don't need to try it out. I've seen enough, but I do want to see the trailer at least at the very least, um, was singing the praises of that game ever since that first trailer came out. It looks amazing, and I have very high hopes for the second trailer, especially after hearing what they've had to say. Yeah. Um, kind of on that same vein, I don't know that I'm super interested. I have a history with Tekken Three. It was one of the first like couple games I remember playing with my dad. Uh-huh. Um, but Tekken Eight's coming out. Yeah. yeah. Um, and that looks pretty interesting. There's like little chibi esque characters that you can do. Like, they were like sitting at an announcer's table. I don't know. I need to look more into that, but it could be pretty cool. Tekken's obviously a legendary series. Um, Killing Floor, what is it, 3? Killing yeah. Floor 4? 3? The new uh, 4. The new Killing Floor. 3. Um, I don't know. I've never played the other one. Yeah. I played a minuscule amount um, because I think it was one of the PlayStation Plus games um, but I heard a lot of people talking about um, how cool the trailer was so yeah. I want to check that out as well um, and then uh, a game I don't have any experience with but um, uh, my aunt really loves Little Nightmares yeah. they're, they're coming out with a new one of those so that's pretty cool as well so some interesting stuff um, I don't I, I don't think after looking at the, the points of the show because I didn't watch it unfortunately I was at work I like looked at some of the highlights in text I didn't you know watch uh-huh. it at all um, interesting things, but overall, just kind of like, like you said, a lot of stuff that, yeah, yeah. I, I watched the whole thing, um, while I was working on some stuff and, uh, there was a lot of stuff that I was like, I don't want to see this. Right. So I would just mute it and like, not look at the screen sure, 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 during sure. that time. Um, th- you know, there were a few things, but Brandon, they did showcase. So for me, for the most part, like there was nothing there. That was, th- there weren't very many new announcements and the things that I was already interested in, I don't want to see anything else. Sure. So, yeah, exactly. But Brandon, they showed off, um, a full 10 or 15 minutes of gameplay from modern warfare three. Oh, bro. Uh, so you're gonna have to check that out to make bro, sure that it doesn't sway no. your, you know, Dude, no. sway your body. Oh, speaking it. of
1: which, Brandon, I've, uh, I ordered a Prima Gollum strategy guide for you. It should be there in a oh, couple days. Oh,
0: thank God. So. Yeah. <laughs> I appreciate it. Thank you. Just to kind of preemptively get me ready for the. Uh, it says, "Do not torture. play this." That's the. That's <laughs> yeah, the whole it's book. just. It's One just. Page. It's yeah. The rest of the book is blank. <laughs> uh, just, just to to wipe your tears with you. You can rip out the perforated pages. <laughs> uh, Comes with a ring too. <laughs> <laughs> it's weird. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, moving on on to uh, things that we we don't want to play. Sure. Uh, let's talk about things we have been playing. Sure. Well, let's start with Brandon. Um, he and I have both been playing, I think, pretty much only Baldur's Gate 3. So I'll chime in here. This is, I, I prefer to do this and chime in. But Dave, I also want you to interject questions if you have any. Because we don't normally do that when we do what we've been playing. We just kind of like each talk. And and we'll do this for you too, Dave. I want to like dive in and explore games I don't know anything about yet. Ben, how so. about this? I talked so much about Baldur's Gate 3 last yeah. week. And I played a lot more than you last well, week. Well, that's the thing. But... I still have a lot more played than you probably. I know. But now that you have a lot more played, since I gave my initial, you were probably about where I was last week. Probably. So why don't you go and I'll interject because I already said, because essentially what I said last week still stands. Okay. I'm enjoying it just as much. I will say like two or three words here. i am enjoying it just as much and having delved deeper into it just keeps getting better. Like, like the combat is more enriching yeah. the more I experience it right. and the more I perfect it. So, what do you think, Ben? Now, now that you're sinking your teeth into this behemoth. I'm probably, I don't know, 25 or 30 hours into it at this point. And some of those hours have been, well, two things. Some of those hours have been playing co-op with Brandon. Sure. Um, which is probably only like four or five hours total. Yeah, it's, but, it's been um, a lot of fun. And that's a totally separate game than the games we each have like independently. And then I think two hours was a game that I ended up scrapping and restarting because I didn't like the character I picked. And then um, I didn't like the the skills I gave him at the, at the beginning and didn't want to respect because I just thought, I'll start over. Sure. And then the rest of it's been spent on my game. And of course, uh, you know, some of those are like trying again after I fail. But as someone who has... Uh, not played a butt ton of D&D, but I've played quite a bit of D&D. Like I've played D&D probably on average at least once a year for the last 20 years and probably a little more than that some years. And as someone who likes fantasy and turn-based already, it's really scratching lots and lots of itches. Like... Like my whole back feels totally Ooh. satiated at this point. Absolutely. Um, I really enjoy, like, I, I love the fact that you can completely customize your character, not just like the way they look and everything, but down to like both the class and the race and, and each of those things mean separate things, right? So it, it's like, you know, in that sense, it's like any other RPG, but then to have a game that so closely follows the Dungeons and Dragons fifth edition rule book and every time you level up, like, almost know, like, okay, well, at this level, I get X things right. coming. Right. Uh, that's really cool to me. Um, but as far as, like, the, the story, I'm totally involved with, like, every possible thing about the story. I love the world that it's set in. I love the other characters that you come across, and you kind of dig into their backstory, and you get to know them, and... Uh, this is, it's so reminiscent of like playing D&D with an actual dungeon master in front of you, like, or being the dungeon master where like you want to talk to somebody else in your party and you still might have to roll for it, even though they're like a friendly character. Right. Like you still might have to fail getting to know the thing about the person that you wanted to know. Convince them maybe. To, yeah. to convince them into it. Yeah. And so just, um, not only the overarching story that's happening, uh, in the game, which i've seen some people say like oh i made the wrong choice and now i don't have the main storyline i just have the character storylines right which is interesting because i don't even know how that's possible but it is apparently yeah um the fact that you can you can do pretty much anything like this is not i won't get specific with this but there was a, a gigantic encounter that i was about to face uh yesterday or the day before yesterday and i was like I tried it two or three times just brute forcing it. I was like, I don't know how to do this. So eventually what I did is I got my wizard to conjure a cat and then made that cat distract the people I was going to fight, got them to go onto this bridge-like thing and then shot the bridge and killed them all. And I think I had one left to clean up <laughs> out of 30 or something. Dude, it's it's so miraculously open-ended. Yeah. Like- so I just had to like think like what else can I do? Right. Oh, I can do whatever I want. Right. Uh, of course, sometimes you need certain party members or you need certain spells learned or something like that And so you may have to tinker around with that or reload an old save or go back to camp and you know respect your characters or whatever But like if you can think of it and you make the role Whether it's an actual role that you make or whether it's a the computer calculating the role and just doing it automatically Like if, if your stats are high enough, you can, you can pretty much do what you want to do. Yeah. The thing that is frustrating me a little bit with that is sometimes there's dialogue options that I know I want and they are not there. Right. Like there've been a couple of times where I like went to talk to somebody and like, I was like, I'm going to trick this person. Right. And the dialogue options are all like either tell the truth or murder them. And I'm like, well, I don't want to do either of those things. Right. I want to trick them and I want to like convince them to do what I want them to do without telling them the truth. So there is a little bit of a drawback there. And, and maybe that's because I made other decisions that affected those decisions. That wouldn't happen, though, like in a real D&D session. But again, it's a video game. It's not a D&D session. So it's just so charming. And uh, I've seen so many people who were like, uh, I didn't think I'd like this game and I love it. And for me, I'm like, I knew I would love this game, but didn't think I was going to play it. And I'm so glad I did play it. Right. Because it's yeah, just... Um, me too. It's... It's exactly what I wanted, and I didn't, I didn't think I was going to play it because I was like, there's just too much else right now. But I'm so glad I dove in and have been playing it. So, yeah, everything about it is awesome. It's running great on my computer. The only problems I'm having is if I have, like, a video. Like, sometimes I'll turn on Twitch while I'm playing because, let's face it, uh, some, some of these turn-based battles are an hour and a half long. I don't need to have full attention on the game. <laughs> so I'll, like, turn on Twitch on my second monitor, and sometimes it, like crashes out chrome which kind of sucks but it's fine i don't really need that it's just you know right. th- but the game's running fine it just it's killing the resources for the other thing so uh, performance wise it's been it's been totally fine uh, i've had no bugs that i know of yeah me neither really and um just a, a really good gaming performance uh for about so far 25 30 hours i need to man Get out of the I, first act. I got to move quicker. <laughs> I'm spending so much time. I've got to move quicker because yeah. Sea of Stars is coming up. And that's a game I can play later on if I want to. Uh, but I really, I mean, I'm looking forward to it. And then Starfield and then Spider-Man and then Mario Wonder. And like, there's so many things in the next like two months. Dude, I think Armored Core is coming out next Friday. This Friday. I'm fucked. Yeah. I am fucked. Yeah. I'm not even probably going to play Armored Core until next year. Should I try my dual wielding salami build now in BG three before Armored Core comes out? <laughs> I'd say just make a save and then you Jump can back only up. Run. <laughs> Dude, you could literally dual wield salamis. Wait, is that is that a thing? I'm serious. What? You could. You, there's like long salamis, and you could use them as melee weapons, and you could dual wield salamis, bro. I saw it online. Oh, that reminds me. At some point, I misclicked, and I somehow equipped. Um, a Torch as my main weapon. Oh, yeah, and I'm a fighter so like melee is huge for me sure And I didn't realize that I'd done it I wasn't paying close enough attention and so I'm going through these like hitting these enemies then I'm like this level is this like, Enemy is such a low level. What is wrong? I can't I'm not hitting them for anything three damage, and I like I reloaded that save twice cuz I well I, I failed like I failed the mission I, I redid it twice and I was like do I have some kind of negative buff on me <laughs> like that? I don't know about what and Finally, I realized, like, oh, I'm just stupid. You had your torch out. Yeah. yeah. But see, in a real, in a real D&D game, I would have I had to have said, I want to hold my torch as my weapon. Which I guess I did do that you by did. clicking the wrong button. And, and then you didn't put it back. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, I mean, that's pretty much my experience is almost 100% positive. The game is tough. It is tough. I sound like I'm crying. I just got something stuck in my throat. The game is really tough. I've had a few instances where I'm like, I'm never going to get through this. I'm playing on normal too. Me too. Yeah. And sometimes it's because I'm not high enough level. And other times it's just because I'm playing poorly. But uh, man, what ends up happening is usually like the second or third time I have to try it because I like my whole, usually I will not reload it. Even if I know I'm going to lose, I play it out to see what else I can learn. Yeah. And then when I go back in the second or third time, I'm like, okay what else that i didn't try before right. i don't want to just go in and try to hit them again and get a better roll sure. or something what that i didn't try before can i try this time yeah and almost always trying something besides brute forcing works if i can't brute force it i can brute, for- brute force a lot of stuff because i have like pretty strong and strength characters but yeah it's just a lot of fun to be able to uh have to think about what i'm yeah. doing instead of just do it yeah also um safe scumming is okay I don't care. I mean, I'm yeah. just going to say it. I yeah. don't care. If I want to do another run that's like pure organic, I can. But because I've never played a game like this, sure. I want it to play out just the way I want it to. And I'm not upset about it. People may say, oh, you're not having an authentic ex-. It's my experience, fucker. I agree. The one thing I will say, and I'm, I don't care how people play games, but there were times when you and I were playing in the co-op game and sure. there were things that we had already done where uh because you had played it the way you wanted to play it you didn't even know what happened if you failed and i feel like those are some of the coolest moments is failing and seeing like the catastrophes that happen right um so yeah i don't know good shit though yeah honestly that's literally all i've been playing too yeah so um really gotta you and i both are in the first act Mm -hmm. and i i'm assuming there's three acts Mm. do you know that I don't know if there's more than three acts, but I know there's at least three acts because I've heard oh, people saying man. third yeah, act. So, dude, there, yeah, there, there's just no way. I'm going to be somewhere in the second act, um, you know, yeah. t- two-thirds of the way through when Armored Core comes out. So we shall see. Um, the only other thing I've been playing, by the way, is Vampire Survivors came out on Switch. Oh, nice. It's like 450 or something. Dude, that, yeah. Um, so I bought it. that and played it for like 20 minutes the other night. but so. yeah. No. It was like two hours, but it felt yeah. like 20 minutes. You cannot beat it, dude. <laughs> yeah. Dave, what's on your list?
1: Oh, I was I well, had questions about Baldur's oh, game. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Is Chris Pine in the game?
0: I wish. Uh, there should be a mod if there's not already. Chris Pine is nude the whole time. <laughs> <Ew>. <laughs> Have
1: you guys seen the movie? It was surprisingly good. I didn't
0: see it, but I'd like to see it. I yeah. want to yeah. see it as well. Unfortunately, yeah. it,
1: apparently it bombed. Um, so oh, really? It didn't do well at the
0: box it. office, but yeah. the, the fan score was high.
1: Yeah, I just watched it a couple weeks ago. Um, I so I, I cannot play this game on PC. Maybe I can. Pro- probably not. Um, but it's, I'm curious. Just it's t- actually not
0: bad on performance. But yeah, it being know.
1: a CRPG, how do you guys think it'll translate to a console?
0: I was just talking about this today with somebody at work. I feel like there are a lot of incredibly complex games that are able to be transposed on to controller whether or not that will be a very good experience is is kind of up in the air. I, I think with the amount of depth that you can have with this sort of game, it's going to be very difficult for it to be a one-to-one, for it to feel exactly the same, at least for me. And that's coming from someone who is a controller player at heart and has been mostly for his entire life. But I just, I'm sure they could figure it out, but I think it's going to be very difficult at first because it was difficult to learn on keyboard and i have all these keys i uh i don't have any personal experience with the controller but i've talked to a few people who have been playing it on controller and um they said that it plays very well i would imagine if you've never played it on pc and then tried to play it on controller it's going to be a lot easier um to play on controller but people said that uh That it plays very well in controller, and like instead of clicking to move somewhere, you can actually just move your left joystick to get there. That is that is the like the coolest thing. I I did plug in a controller to just walk around. Okay. But it's not very seamless like other games are. Like I can't walk around with my controller and then use my mouse. It like Mm -hmm. freezes for a second. At least when I was doing it originally. Yeah. Yeah. So I think it'll be good because people that I trust have said it's good, but. Um, I guess that's up to the individual, for sure. Fair enough. Dave, you're up.
1: Um, I I have gotten back into video games this week. Uh, I didn't have a ton of time, but I I did carve out some time, so I'd have something to talk about here. Uh, (laughs) A game called Everspace 2 recently came to um, uh, that Xbox thing. Oh my god, Game Pass! (laughs) Wow! Um, And I... I uh, I checked that out. it's It's a game that I've seen people play on Twitch before and I thought that looks like a fun game and uh, yeah, I'm glad I did. I, I have not played the original. Um, this is a game from a developer called Rockfish and everspace is the only games they've they've released. So you know I I don't know if I'd call it an indie game, but it does have sort of a lower budget feel to like some of the production value stuff and I'm talking about like, cut scenes and and the voice acting feels not bad but a little bit more budget um which is okay because everything else in this game is fantastic um it's it's an it's sort of an arcade leaning um uh space game uh where you're you're in your ship the entire time like there's no third-person action stuff it's all ship-based um kind of exploration combat mining And uh, and the surprising part is kind of the looting Um, that like there is a really strong looting aspect in this game, which is interesting because it is a single player game. There is no online functionality with this game. It's all narrative driven. You're playing a campaign. Um, But there is a lot of like games as a service feel to it. Um, And I really like kind of the balance they've struck with that because I'm I'm really getting hooked into it because I'm constantly getting like side missions and bounties and like challenges and accolades and stuff that are outside of the um, kind of main campaign that make me want to fly around and, and mine different things or, or kind of take out enemies in different ways. Um, So yeah, it's a really cool game. It, if, if you've played like um, Star Wars, Rogue Squadron, I think was the last one um, like that kind of flying game. This isn't like Eve or, um, uh, elite dangerous like it's not that advanced at all it's it's very simple but still a lot of fun um a lot to do there is colored loot uh, and stuff like that so a lot of different ways that you can uh outfit um your your ship uh upgrade your ship um different weapons um stuff like that there's a cool kind of economy system where the the uh solar system you're in has different regions so when you pick up like items um that you won't use for your ship or you won't salvage like There's things like clothes and like liquor and and goods and like they will have different trade values in different systems at different times in the game. So like like when you go to a vendor, it will show you what the current like trading value is of that good. And you might be better off taking it to another system and trading it there Um, because the credits in the game are very scarce. So you kind of need to be smart about that kind of stuff. So. Yeah, I'm really enjoying Everspace 2. Uh, again, it's on Game Pass. I, it just recently came. So, yeah, if you're into that kind of um, sort of sci-fi space um, kind of ship combat game, then it's it's definitely worth checking out. It doesn't seem like the kind of thing that you need to soak sink like 40 hours into either. Like, it's, it's decently compact. But if you want to do all the side stuff, um, then, you know, there is a lot of, of, of kind of gameplay hours to be sunk into it. But... Yeah, so Everspace 2 is really cool.
0: Yeah, I saw that it was on uh, PC Game Pass a few months ago. And I know it just came for console as well, which is awesome that they were able to get it there. But one of the first packs as I went to, Everspace, the first Everspace was being shown. And I remember trying it out and thinking, I'd like to play this, but I never did. It's just one of those things I haven't, I haven't really thought about or gotten around to. So maybe sometime in the middle of next year when I get done With all of the things I'm currently playing, (laughs) I might check it out. Um, Yeah, cool. I'm glad you're enjoying it. Glad you got some time to game pretty soon. And never game again. Thank you. Yeah, just to bring it back full circle. Just bring it back. All right. Well, that's it. That's the show. We appreciate you guys being here with us. Uh, Make sure to head over to patreon.com slash phantom to support the show for as little as a dollar a month Add free early access, and of course... HandsomeFanom.com slash Discord. We appreciate you guys. And we'll talk to you next time. The HP podcast is made possible by our patrons over at patreon.com slash handsomephantom. The following patrons are at the $5 level or above Toby Ryland, Edward Walton, Josh Cummings, Jared, Poot, Boots, Passive Pixels Edwin Castillo, Maurice Bays, H-Trons, Nuke Dukem, Derek O, Rainick, Christian Snow, Gravelicious, Benji Bop, and Johnny Waffles.